Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you The Seminarians, a dialogue with students from the Pontifical College Josephinum, produced by AM820 to encourage and inspire vocations to the religious life. And now, The Seminarians. Welcome to The Seminarian Show. I'm Jonathan Torres from the Diocese of Charlotte, North Carolina. Joining me are Dalton Irvin from Victoria, Texas, and Gordon Mott from Columbus, Ohio. To begin, let's pray. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Lord, we thank you for gathering us here together. Let our conversation inspire um, our listeners. Um, May our dialogue um, bring us closer to each other and to you. And we pray this through the intercession of your Blessed Mother as we pray Hail Mary. Full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray Pray for for us sinners, sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So today we are going to talk about virtue. Um, We can take a lot of uh, different uh, directions um, on this topic. Uh, I would like to define virtue, uh, talk about the differences between the cardinal virtues, theological virtues, maybe some opposing vices, some of our uh, the virtues that we particularly struggle with, perhaps. Um, but I also wanted to focus in on a facet of virtue that doesn't get talked about um, as much, um, I think at least, and that is um, the facet of desire, desire in virtue. Um, and so to begin, I wanted to start with a little thought experiment, um, not only for those of us in listener land, but also for uh, uh, you, uh, Dalton and Gordon, um, to kind of just um, let this example kind of um, set the tone for um, our topic. So imagine a, um, a man, let's call him Joe, uh, walking through a grocery store and he finds a wallet on the floor. Um, he t- picks up the wallet. And it's filled with a bunch of cash. And without even thinking about it, he immediately returns it to the uh, to customer service. Um, in fact, he's kind of the person that delights in returning things. You know, he he's like, oh, I can make someone's day better now that this mm-hmm. you know this wallet can find its go back to its rightful owner. Um, so that's the first scenario. Imagine now um, a second scenario with uh, let's call this man Keith, and he runs into the wallet as well Um, and he picks it up and he opens it sees the cash and immediately he's confronted with this uh, struggle this internal struggle he thinks I can pay this month's rent with this money Um, I'm strapped for cash Uh, I can really use this money Um, but after a little a little bit of uh, deliberating in his mind he sighs and he says, you know what? I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to return the wallet to the front. Uh, and therefore, yeah, I'll do the right thing. So uh, my question here in this example is, which man is the truly virtuous man? The second one. The second one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so um, you don't have to answer. Yeah, I mean, Gordon did, Dalton. If you want to throw in your two cents, you know, that's fine. But... Uh, just to th- to think about, it, I think we are drawn to the second man as being the more virtuous person. Um, however, in a truly Catholic understanding of virtue, we would say that Joe is the virtuous man. Yes, um, there was a habit there, 
and a pleasure that he took in doing the right thing. And to help us understand this, I think um, another example is um, helpful here. Um, and that is of um, two people playing the piano. And you can imagine, we'll call this person Sarah. She's playing the piano. And uh, she makes it look easy, right? She is Her fingers glide along the keys and she doesn't mess up. She doesn't even need the sheet music to play. Um, she takes delight and pleasure in playing. Um, and imagine um, a second person, uh, we'll call her Rachel, um, she struggles to play. And she needs lots of pre- practice, right? And her fingers are pained and they hurt. She needs the sheet music. Um, in, in this we wouldn't hesitate to say that Sarah is the better pianist. Um, and yet, with the first example, I think we, are tend, uh, we tend to, to look at Keith as the more virtuous man, the one who struggles more. Mm-hmm. And I think that that gets at a fundamental understanding um, of, uh, or a fundamental difference of Catholic, um, a Catholic perspective of virtue and Protestant perspective of virtue. Um, Whereas the, the Protestant understanding, and I think this comes from our, our an Americanism, um, uh, like a white-knuckled, gritting your teeth, um, if I don't earn it through hardship, then it's not worth it. Um, but I think there's, Jonathan, I think there's a lot more to it than just the story, mm-hmm. right? Just the scenario. Um, because if Joe is doing it, delight, because he delights in making other people's day better, if he's, right, it's different if he's returning the wallet for virtue's sake. Mm-hmm. with virtue in mind, or if he's just doing it for pleasing people. Yes. Right? That's yeah. the difference. Yeah, and there is that intentionality that mm-hmm. comes uh, within, like, yeah, or, you know, I'm going to return it because uh, uh, I want to get a reward. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Because there is something, yeah. right, that's attractive about Keith's struggle, mm-hmm. that he realizes there is another option. Yes. And and I think that's what you're talking about, that white-knuckled American yeah. mentality. Yeah. Right. And I think the I think the um, Gordon, do you have something to add uh, thus far? Or? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it comes down to more than just. So, for example, nobody goes to the Arnold Sports Classic to watch Arnold Schwarzenegger curl ten pound dumbbells, mm. right? I mean, it's it's nothing to him. Through yeah. over the course of years, he's through diligent work and exercise built up a particular amount of strength. Ten pounds is nothing for him, yeah. and so you know. Certainly in the the virtue of, of justice, maybe even prudence, the first guy has built an automatic habit, and that's great, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but I think that there's something about living a virtuous life that is meant to inspire other people. And an automatic habit versus the guy that struggles and is like and chooses the good anyways, mm-hmm. you know? You're watching somebody grow, you know? And yeah. that's... We we like Rocky because Rocky starts off not being great, right? And yeah. then he becomes great. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. And I think that that um, we we do like stories um, of our heroes struggling against evil, mm-hmm. you know. And sometimes I think that's why Superman can be a little boring because you know he's yeah. you know nobody can defeat him. You know, he, there's no struggle there almost. Um, but I think what we're talking about here is the difference between um, growth. Um, and meriting versus where we ought to be. Yeah, instilled mm-hmm. virtue, right? Yeah, instilled and virtue, That's yeah. kind of, it speaks of Christ's message in the Gospels. I did not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. But the sinners, yeah. You know, and yeah. so Joe here, who turns in the wallet without even thinking about it, mm-hmm. that's the righteous man. Yeah. The reason I think we're so inclined to look at Keith and call him the virtuous mm-hmm. one, because 
It's because we relate with him and we wish we, right. yeah. we wish we could do what he did, ultimately right. make the right decision. Yeah. 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 And I, I think that's, that's what it is. It's, um, we don't know many virtuous people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that's, it's an important distinction to say that, you know, Joe, this, this, um, taking pleasure in virtue, um, that is the goal and that's where we oh, should yeah. Yeah, yeah. end up. Um, and so while it might be more admirable for Keith, to struggle and overcome that struggle, um, that is the growth. There is indicative of him moving towards something, mm-hmm. and that something is the virtuous life. What Joe has. What Joe has exactly. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, at this point, I think it would be helpful to maybe define virtue as understood by our um, Catholic tradition. And this is um, this is a definition coming from Aristotle, which Thomas Aquinas kind of. Um, adapted and, and absorbed, as it were. Um, the baptized and bapti- Yeah, he baptized this definition. Um, and so it fits very well within our um, Catholic thought. So Aristotle would say that virtue is a habit of knowing, choosing, and desiring the good to the, according to the mean as determined by prudence. So we have a habit there. It takes a lot of, at first it takes effort, like Keith, but the more you do something, the more it is ingrained in you and it becomes mm-hmm. that habit mm-hmm. um, to know what to do, to choose to do it, and to desire it as well. Yeah. And that desiring, that facet there is what Joe has um, and Keith doesn't. So, um, so yeah, I think at this point, um, I think it would be helpful maybe to, to kind of um, break down the definition a little bit as, uh, especially in talking about um, the mean Designing the good according to the mean as determined by prudence. Mean as average. Mean as average. Mean not as, like a mean person. Not a mean person. <laughs> a mean person is not virtuous. No, I no. don't like mean people. <laughs> Why well, do I love them in Christian charity? But there you go. We'll That's, get to Caritas we'll, we'll get, later. Yeah, exactly. We'll get to that virtue later. Um, but a, a mean is a uh, or an average uh, is the state between two vices, right? Um, there's an excess on one hand, and a deficiency on another. Um, so, for example, courage is a mean between cowardice and rashness. Mm-hmm. Um, too much courage, as it were, um, would, uh, would be rash. Um, and then the opposite end of the spectrum is cowardice. So it's that middle ground, that, mm-hmm. that mean um, that Aristotle talks to as um, the good that's determined by a mean. Um, by, and determine by prudence. So, and I think it's significant too, right? That it depends on the situation. Yeah, exactly. Um, a for courage, especially. Yeah, exactly. A firefighter standing before a burning building, um, he would be courageous in, in entering and trying to save someone, versus a you know an old lady um, that would be rash on her part. Yeah. So, you're listening to the Seminarian Show on Saint Gabriel Radio. AM 820. You can hear this show every Tuesday at noon and Sunday at 1 p.m. and in the audio archives at stgableradio.com. I'm Jonathan Torres from the Diocese of Charlotte, North Carolina. Joining me are Dalton Irvin from Victoria, Texas and Gordon Mott from Columbus, Ohio. So thus far we have been talking about virtue, um, specifically focusing on um, uh, taking pleasure um, in virtuous acts. Um, and we had just dis- um, discussed um, uh, how virtue is a, a means, an average between two 
uh, vices, um, excess and deficiency. Um, and so now I, I, maybe I want to move a little bit towards um, virtues that perhaps we have um, struggled with, that we find attractive, um, how, how we have overcome certain vices, as it were, um, in trying to live a, a more virtuous life. So I don't know if any of you guys have particular, particular examples from your lives. or I think moving into seminary made me very aware of the virtue of prudence in a way that I never was before. Mm. First of all, because I don't think I knew the word prudence before I entered seminary, <laughs> uh, much less that it was something known as a virtue. Um, but you know that, that great thing when you're sitting at the lunch table and you're talking, complaining typically about food or having to wake up yes. so early <laughs> or the homily at mass that morning and you say something maybe a little critical and someone goes wow it may not be too prudent to say that yes <laughs> um, so prudence i think for me is is a virtue that i look at and desire yeah um, and have to constantly especially living in community uh always call to mind yeah uh, what is the prudent thing to say or to do um in order to preserve cohesion in a group yes yeah and i think i think that's extremely important um prudence particularly um as it it is the hinge almost on what um other virtues rely on Mm -hmm. um and that actually flows in nicely to uh, another point i wanted to talk about which is the um cardinal virtues virtues versus the theological virtues um and so we we talk about the cardinal virtues as being natural virtues um uh, the pagan philosophers recognize these mm-hmm. as um, very noble. Um, you don't, you don't, you don't have to be a Christian to recognize that these are, you know, um, uh, things to aspire towards. And so, when you talk about prudence, that's one of the cardinal virtues. The other three being temperance, justice, and courage. But prudence is really the ability to discern the appropriate course of action to be taken in a given situation at the appropriate time. And so, um, I think in 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 aspiring towards virtue, prudence is kind of the underlying um, bedrock. Yeah. Um, to to know when to act courageously, to you know when to be temperate, when to be, um, you know when to be just. You know what 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 do I give this person versus that person? How do I act in this situation? Prudence is really that um, underlying virtue. Um, and so uh, yeah, I appreciate that. Gordon, did you have any uh, uh, virtues that you aspire towards, or that you have any? Uh, uh, experience with that you struggled perhaps with all of them all of them <laughs> i can relate i aspire to all of them and at various points i have struggled with all of them <laughs> i think that's um no that's that's actually a, a good point um and in in approaching a virtuous life um as christians um uh, we do see charity as kind of like the the diamond mm-hmm. uh, diamond virtue um and that gets into the theological virtues, uh, faith, hope, and charity, yeah. um, which are not just practiced, um, but they're actually infused in our baptism. Uh, we receive them, and we can actually ask God to increase our faith, hope, and love by just asking Him yeah. um, in prayer. Um, and so, charity is kind of that um, is that um, virtue that also um, kind of uh, gives life to all the other virtues in um, loving God for his own sake and loving other things for the sake of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of tints our, um, our, uh, the way that a Christian acts. So. Yeah. I think these, the theological virtues especially are so 
talked about maybe mm-hmm. or we hear them so much without realizing them yeah right they faith hope cliche, and love and cliches. the greatest of these is love yeah um, all the world needs is love yeah right? <laughs> you know um but without realizing that you know we talk about them talk about them but we forget that they're infused into us yeah we can't have them without god yeah uh giving them to us right. as grace freely given yeah um yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think um, it's it's in prayer that we really come to I, – I, prayer and virtue are, are like cogs in a clock. Mm-hmm. Um, the more you act virtuously, the more you're inclined to pray. And the more you pray, the more you're inclined to act well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's in prayer that we, um, that we grow we, – we, it's one of the ways to grow in the virtues of faith, hope, and love. Um, and then stepping outside uh, into our daily lives, we put that into practice. Um, and we, we can build that, um, that, that natural, um, fertile ground, um, for the other virtues to kind of spring out of. So, well, to that end, I actually really enjoy, I don't know if you've ever come across, uh, Father John Harden's examination of conscience according to the theological virtues. No, I've heard of it, but oh, I, it's, it's good. I don't know it um, as well as you do. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I, I, I. It, it's one of the ones that's kind of in my rotation. And because, you know, a lot of times I think that we we kind of internalize the virtues the way that we learned them, right? Like, mm-hmm. okay, so I had to go to catechism, catechism when I was a kid, and I know my cardinal virtues, and I know my theological virtues. And yeah, no, I, I, I love, you know, it's totally cool. But like, to really kind of live out the theological virtue of love... um you know, requires kind of a daily examination. It's like, okay, well, did I thank God for the opportunity to prove my love for him by dealing with this difficult situation? Mm-hmm. You know, did I try to make room today in order to grow in love? You know, and the same thing is like faith is like, did I really intentionally kind of engage my day, you know, aware of my need for God's help? Mm-hmm. Did I engage in action and pray for his help before I engage in the yeah. action. You know, even, even if it's a thing that seems maybe a little bit inconsequential, it's still worthwhile. Yeah. You know, and I think that's when um, the virtues really kind of come alive as, as a lived reality is when we really intentionally engage them as, as something other than just like, okay, well, here's a list of words in my head yeah. and I want to do these things. Right. You know? Right. And I think um, for me personally, going back to that question of, you know, what, what virtues we maybe struggle with or are attracted to. Um, approaching that from a different angle, the the vice that perhaps I struggle with um, a lot is sloth, is seeing. Oh um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I'm I'm right now. I'm in my pajamas. I'm just a lazy bum. Right? <laughs> no, that's actually <laughs> that is actually a misunderstanding of sloth. Sloth would be um kind of a growing indifferent in the face of the good around you, mm-hmm. um the spiritual good, as uh, I think Aquinas would say, um growing sad in the face of spiritual goods. Um, and that's a, directly, I think, opposed to um, the definition of virtue is desiring the good. Um, and so I think, I think a lot of people can relate to this, is that we just become indifferent towards God's love around us. Mm-hmm. Um, and and to, to step out of that is, is, is hard because sloth is unlike so many other vices that um, – can lead you down such a dark place that you recognize you, I need to get out of this. Sloth is kind of like this like marsh pit where you're just like floating and not doing anything. You could just, yeah. you know, almost uh, just just stay in there for and not even recognize it because mm-hmm. you're, you're so uh, absorbed uh, 
in the mundanity around you. Yeah, it would just this idea of indifference, like yeah, things don't bother you. Yeah, but neither do holy things stir you. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, and I think that that's actually um, indicative of our culture too. Is mm-hmm. that we're so um, almost bored. We're just bored with the beauty and the and, and the good around us. Mm-hmm. Gordon, you have anything to say? Well, and so there, there's a really great book written on this. I don't know if you've come across it called The Noonday Devil. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's so good because like we tend to think of sloth as like, you know, oh, I'm a big gooey pile and, you know, I'm, I'm unmoved. Mm-hmm. And occasionally, maybe I jiggle. But like, no, it's like uh, sloth can actually manifest as activity. Yes. Because... Yeah. It's it's not necessarily just like this kind of like, you know, Eeyore kind of indifference, mm-hmm. right? But like, it's active avoidance. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, ultimately, sloth and, I mean, ingratitude yeah. really kind of seem to play against each other. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and so, I think this um, this kind of begs the question, why live virtuously? Um, you know, as christian as catholics we do believe that we are saved by god's grace mm-hmm. um it's not a, our an act that we can initiate right we, we don't save ourselves so does that mean that we just sit back and let god you know do the work no not necessarily um but at the same time um we don't want to fall into this idea of you know um, activism that like we can save ourselves um but it is but virtue is necessary for cultivating in ourselves a disposition to accept God's grace. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more virtuous we um, become, the more we grow in virtue, develop that habit and desiring um, the good, um, the more God is able to bestow his gifts upon us. Um, and so even Aristotle, naturally speaking, he saw this, um, this uh, fulfillment in man um, that virtue um, helps achieve um, he would consider happiness as um, the end of man. Um, just like a, a clock's end is to tell time, man's end is to live rationally well so that he may be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he saw that just by reason alone. It's fascinating. He saw that as uh, he saw virtue as the means to achieve that end. Sure. To uh, to live rationally well to achieve happiness. Well, I think it's so important. To have this very broad view that man is created not to be an individual, but to be part of a community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you're a part of community, you obviously need to be a good person, mm-hmm. a virtuous person, yeah. a just person, temperate, prudent, yeah. uh, courageous. And then when you're fulfill, when you're exercising those virtues in your life, creating the habits of them, you're becoming one of the most fulfilled person. And like you said, preparing yourself then to ultimately beatific vision mm-hmm. um the vision of pure happiness god himself in heaven which is man's yeah final end right yeah yeah exactly and i think that virtue does touch on the fact that we are not just material people you know we're not material beings um unlike the animals we can aspire towards you know things of a higher nature mm-hmm. and virtue speaks to that um virtue is something that's rational right you can't measure mm-hmm. that um, according to the rest of the world, you know, why would we want to live temperately or courageously? Why don't we just, you know, feed our base desires? Yeah. Um, but it's in that living rationally that we, we live our natures to the fullest and we mm-hmm. become happy. Um, so 
we are um, nearing the end of our show. Do we have any closing comments on virtue? Um, any uh, any other examples from our lives or, I don't know, anything that you could think of, Dalton? Uh, I'm not looking to share any of my personal vices or anything. Sure? I'll save that for the confessional. <laughs> but uh, I think just in view of the virtuous person, um, realizing that virtue is fulfillment mm-hmm. uh, and that, that habit of virtue um, when you become like Joe and the decisions aren't exceptional anymore, right? Mm-hmm. They're not these extraordinary moments when you decide, no, I'm giving the wallet full of cash to the front desk, yeah. right? There's something that I think we started the show talking about. There's something kind of lost uh, to the world about how extraordinary Joe's virtue is, mm-hmm. that he doesn't struggle with it yeah. like our buddy Keith. Yeah. Or the third person, Dalton, who might have taken the money and run. <laughs> Give the empty wallet to the front desk. No. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I think that there's something we need to do to, to get back the amazement at Joe's habit of virtue. Yes. Yeah. And I think that um, practice makes perfect, you know, yeah. and that's the habit that you're building. Um, it's it's about that um, that ingrained action that you do day in and day out. You know, fake it till you make it. There's something there. Um, so I don't know if maybe we lost that amazement with it because we expect people to be virtuous. Yes. So like yeah. When you expect someone to do the right thing, you're not amazed when they right. do it. But then with Keith, we kind of expected him to do the wrong thing. Right. So then we're amazed when he does That's the right. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, that um, yeah, again, like it goes back to what Gordon was saying, that we do like to see the struggle. We mm-hmm. do like to see um, struggle overcome. Um, but again, that, that, that is the transitional state into becoming virtuous. Yeah. So, so in closing, um, Gordon, did you have any comments or virtue? Good vice bad. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for today's seminary show. Now let's co- close with a prayer. In the name of the father, son, Holy spirit. Amen. Amen. Our father. Who art, who art in heaven, heaven hallowed be thy name, thy, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. The Seminarians is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of The Seminarians and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com.